You're listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. Hello, and thanks so much for listening in today, and welcome to a new season of the podcast. I've had a busy but refreshing spring break, and I hope that you have too, and I hope that you are off to a good start for your summer. Our theme for today's episode is a little word, joy, but there is a lot to cover in that little word. We are going to talk about joy versus happiness and how it relates to the songs we sing when we worship, and then also what should we do when it's time to worship God joyfully in song and we don't feel like it. And then finally, we'll acquaint ourselves a bit more with two hymn writers, especially known for their hymns of joy. But first, I want to share a quick update on what's going on over at hymnsillustrated.com since it's been a little while. Hymns Illustrated membership now includes access to the premium version of the new Colossians 3 community, which we are abbreviating as C3C. So for $9 a month, you get a new hymn study guide every month, new printable stationary designs every month, access to our members-only podcast. We are going through the history of our hymns in that podcast. It's called Song of Saints and uh, also online access to C3C. For $12 a month, you also get access to all of the resources, including resources for kids, activity pages, and stanza studies. C3C is a place where we can share our favorite hymn testimonies, prayer requests, and challenges that encourage you to think through the theology we find in our hymn text and to make hymn study more fun with a dash of accountability as well. It's not a particularly active online community yet. It just started, but my hope is that it will catch on and that the Lord will continue to grow it. I'm happy that it's here and I'm thankful for those who have taken the time already to join the conversation there and you know exactly who you are. So thank you. I absolutely love podcasting, but sometimes it feels a bit like a one-way street. And this community just makes it possible to make that more of a two-way conversation. So with that in mind, it I have even better news. I did something else about two weeks ago. I added a free membership tier to this community. So it won't have all the perks that come with premium access, those things I just mentioned, those monthly resources and the hymn study guide. But it is a free place to come and share the encouragement we find in hymns and to help open the doors of feedback between you and me. So if you haven't yet, please go on over to hymnsillustrated.com slash join and check out what is available there for free. And as well as the paid membership, there is nothing to lose. It can only get better from here, especially with you as part of the community. And now on to the rest of the episode. And we will start with a big shout out to those who are listening in Germany, Canada, and the UK. You in the United States are my top four countries listener-wise. And I'll share a few cities I can see here as well. I have 
um, some analytics that my podcast host gives me. I can't see who you are, but I can see where you are listening from. So hello to those who are listening in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, Rikersville, Virginia, Birmingham, Alabama, Midland, Texas, and Crest Park, California today. There are several other cities too, but I'm just going to highlight a few for you. And greetings to you all from the gently rolling hills of Knoxville, Iowa. May you and every listener be encouraged when you remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And speaking of joy, I have a challenge for you to see just how many hymns of joy we have in our body of hymnody. Take your hymnal, I hope you have one, and open it up to any page. Now look for the word joy. How long does it take you? It took me under 20 seconds, and the hymn my eyes rested on was, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of your loving heart. I love that hymn. I love how it uh, just talks about the believer's personal experience and just the wonder. I'm finding this out. I'm still finding it out. We are never done in learning more and more about the greatness of, of Jesus and his love for us. I posted this challenge in the new community, by the way, and got a few responses there too. Kelly found, for Christ the Lord hath risen, our joy that hath no end, and it took her about 30 seconds. Angie found, take time to be holy in about 25 seconds. The phrase there is, in joy or sorrow, still follow thy Lord, and looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. And Ella took less than five seconds, wow, and found, oh, what joy the sight affords in the hymn, Look Ye Saints, the sight is glorious. So make no mistake, joy is found all throughout our hymnals. So when preparing for this episode, I thought for sure that I would share with you uh, that challenge and also a thought that I have long understood to be true about joy. You've likely heard this. It goes like this. Happiness is temporal. Joy is eternal. It kind of makes it sound like they're two separate things. And have you heard that? I wonder if so, you are definitely not alone. I I find that everywhere. In fact, I Googled when I was Googling um, this topic, I that's all I found for a while. The first few uh the first few websites I found talked about the that those are two different different definitions. And I started to wonder if this concept was found in the Bible. And rather than do a word study on every reference to joy and all the derivatives of joy in the Bible, that's over 400 references, by the way, I decided to do a shortcut. And you want to know where I turn for shortcuts? I go to gotquestions.org. I love this website. It's such a fantastic resource for biblical answers to all our questions. And if you're like me, you have a lot and they have a lot of answers. They take questions from readers. Uh, I was surprised to find out, according to them, that technically, no, the Bible doesn't really distinguish between happiness and joy. They essentially mean the same thing, a feeling of pleasure and great delight, and they are interchangeable in scripture. 
Joy and happiness can be invoked by a variety of circumstances and even possessions, but, and this is where the distinction truly comes into play, joy and happiness that come from Christ is lasting. It is eternal. While the joy and happiness that come from fleeting and temporary things is temporary and fleeting too. It doesn't last. So you can see the nuance there. It's a bit technical, a little bit of hair splitting, but it is thought provoking. The The definitions are uh, are the same. It just matters where you get that joy. Uh, so people who find their joy in their circumstances are only going to find their joy in just the right kind of circumstances. They have to be happy circumstances. They're not going to find that in negative circumstances. But when we take delight in the person of Christ, we can be joyful at all times because Christ is there. Christ is constant at all times and always there for us to take delight in. Knowing Christ and knowing joy go hand in hand And we see that so clearly in scripture. So let's take a look at just a few passages. Remember, there are over 400. (laughs) I'm not going to read all those for you, but I'll read a few. John 16, 22 says, So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Psalm 4, 7, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. John 15, 11, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. That's probably my favorite passage about joy in Scripture. Those are Jesus' words. 1 Peter 1, 8-9, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. First Chronicles 16.27, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. Psalm 511. Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Galatians 5:22 and 23 are the fruit of the Spirit, and one of those, of course, is joy. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So question for you, if joy is a feeling of happiness and delight and God expects joy in our worship, how do we approach our song services on Sunday mornings when we don't feel like smiling or even singing? One of the first things we can do is sing anyway, expecting the joy to follow. Remember, our source of joy is Christ himself and not our circumstances. So it stands to reason that when we are focusing on him in our song, we can't expect the feelings of delight and joy to come. We just need to be careful not to fake it. Uh, 
Jesus called that hypocrisy in Matthew 15. He says, You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The more we focus our hearts on the glorious truth of his word and his person, the more likely it is that joy will follow. John 4.24 reminds us that God is spirit and those who worship him as worship in spirit and truth. So sing anyway when you don't feel like smiling. Don't smile when you don't feel like it, but sing. And remember that joy does tend to come when we sing God's truth, because that's where we are focusing our attention on. The second thing we can do is wait for the Lord to bring us joy. And we see this in many of the Psalms of David. They start out detailing his troubles, but then he concludes with praise to God, almost like clockwork. And we see this especially in Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So David was in the pit of destruction, a miry bog, and yet he didn't give up on worship. He waited patiently for the Lord. When we don't feel like singing with joy to the Lord, we are letting the miry bog steal our attention away from Christ. We need to do what David did and wait patiently for the Lord, who promises to put a new song in our mouths. And we can take that further. Um, I uh, didn't prepare that for this episode, but you can do a word study in scripture about or a topical study on what it looks like to wait patiently for the Lord. Um, waiting for the Lord is a very common theme in Scripture, and the Bible says it's good. It is good to wait for Him. And the third thing that I want to mention, how we can be intentional about having joy in our hearts on Sunday morning, is to prepare for Sunday morning. I know that for many people, Sunday mornings can be harrowing, getting the whole family ready for church and having breakfast and having a different routine than the rest of the week. But keep in mind, it doesn't need to take a lot of time. It can be just reading a psalm right when you wake up in the morning or reviewing the attributes of Christ in the shower on Sunday morning or singing a hymn on your drive. Make sure that you don't plop in the pew or probably in a chair if you are living in a, if you are worshiping in a a newer uh, building and have the first song your congregation sings Be your first thought of Christ for the day. Don't let that happen. Be intentional about cultivating the joy of the Lord in your own life and meditating on Him throughout the week. And uh, now uh, we'll transition here to Henry Van Dyke Jr. Uh, He knew this kind of joy well when he wrote one of the most famous hymns of joy we have, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. So let's go back in time a little to learn more about Mr. Van Dyke and his famous hymn. This is the story of Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, also known as Ode to Joy, a hymn that celebrates the boundless joy we have as Christians that is rooted in grateful praise of our Creator, Redeemer. 
The year is 1907 and the Berkshire Mountains stand stoically reaching high toward heaven. Sunlight dances on the rippling stream that winds through the valley. The water glistens and murmurs. And Henry Van Dyke Jr., clergyman, author, educator, and friend to the likes of Woodrow Wilson and Helen Keller, listens. And he watches from his window, pen in hand. He has been asked to write a hymn for the commencement ceremony of Williams College in Massachusetts. And thanks to the beauty of the mountains and the thoughts of God they provoke, he has a pretty good idea how the hymn will go. It should be a hymn of trust, hope, and of course, joy. It should be sung by Christians who, quote, aren't afraid that any truth of science will destroy religion or that any earthly revolution of any sort will ever overthrow the kingdom of heaven. Unquote. Oh, and it should also be sung to Beethoven's Hymn of Joy. The mountains stand still, but Van Dyke's pen begins to move faster and faster. His mission at last is accomplished. At breakfast one morning, he hands the college president a piece of paper. Here's a hymn for you. Your mountains were my inspiration. The hymn's popularity quickly grows as its powerful lyrics resonate with the hearts of believers worldwide, reminding us of the eternal joy and profound gratitude that can be found when we place our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. How many references of joy do you hear in the hymn? Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, praising thee, their sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive our fear and doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. All thy works with joy surround thee. Earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around thee, center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, blooming meadow, flashing sea. Chanting bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed, wellspring of the joy of living, ocean depth of happy rest. Known in Jesus Christ our brother, all who live in love are thine. Teach us how to love each other, lift us to the joy divine. Mortals join the mighty chorus, which the morning stars began. Love divine is reigning o'er us, leading us with mercy's hand. Ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music lifts us sunward in the triumph song of life. I've got one more story before we close today. The story behind the timeless Christmas carol, Joy to the World. Our story begins in the late 1600s in England and centers on a young boy named Isaac Watts. Isaac possesses a remarkable gift, a natural inclination to speak in rhymes. His talent for rhyming becomes a source of amusement for his friends and family. They're amazed as they listen to Isaac's spoken rhymes about everyday subjects, as if he were reciting verses from an invisible book. One Sunday morning, Isaac attends church with his father. As the congregation sings hymns, Watts notices that nobody else is smiling. He can't help but feel dissatisfied. The melodies seem lackluster, failing to convey the depth of his emotions and his own spiritual longings. Frustration wells up within him, and he can no longer contain it. 
Turning to his father, Isaac shares his discontent, hoping for understanding and a little sympathy. To his surprise, his father challenges him. If you believe you can write better hymns, why not give it a try? Isaac takes his father's challenge seriously. As the years pass, Isaac hones his special poetic gift. He is especially captivated by the book of Psalms. In the year 1719, he crafts the words to what will later become joy to the world. Watts bases the lyrics on the uplifting and prophetic words of Psalm 98, which speaks of joy and celebration when God establishes his reign on earth, Christ's second coming rather than his first. The hymn's opening line, Joy to the world, the Lord is come, is a proclamation of the arrival of the long-awaited Messiah, and the rest of the verses further emphasize that rejoicing that accompanies Christ's reign and the redemption he will bring. Despite not being originally associated with Christmas, joy to the world soon becomes linked to the joyous celebration of Christ's birth. In the 19th century, Lowell Mason composes the melody we now associate with the hymn and transforms joy to the world into a beloved Christmas carol. Joy to the world continues to be sung in churches and homes around the world during the Christmas season, but its message is timeless and reminds all of God's people everywhere that the best is yet to come. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. And on that joyful note, I'm signing off. May the joy of Christ be your strength today and always, and if you'd like to go one step further, find your nearest hymnal and look for the theme of joy in there. Your heart can't help but start praising the Lord with joy the more you meditate on Christ. Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your hymnal open. Mm -hmm.